Before we get started, Trev, I should let you know there is a little bit of explicit language, not too much. A it little is bit, Hollywood, a little bit. After yeah, all. absolutely Hollywood. Uh, it's all about Hollywood today. I'm going to make him an offer, Captain. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead. Make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. Say hello to my little friend! The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Yes, indeed. This is the best movies you've never seen. Welcome to the show. My name is Stephen Fennec. I am the movie head of the podcast, and I've watched all of these movies several times, and I'm gradually introducing them to my good mate, Trevor Long, who's becoming more of a movie expert. Would you say, Trevor? I, I, I don't want to use the word expert. I'm becoming <laughs> more of a Be, movie fan, you are which a buff. we have you're, to admit. becoming more of a buff. I was absolutely not a movie fan yeah. before this great show. And now it's... Uh, it's Thanks to under, Fetch and Hisense, I'm all in, baby. Under my guidance, I'm giving you sort of your film education. I'm really happy with that. This week, that education continues with The Player. Yes. Now, this isn't a sports movie when I probably said the name. Yes, did you think, I oh, did, what, mate, is this a sports movie? I think you first hinted at this several weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, another football movie. No, The Player is a all set in Hollywood. It was released in 1992, stars Tim Robbins, Greta Skarki, and was directed by Robert Altman, who directed the original MASH film. Mm. Remember MASH? It was based on a movie, then became a TV series. I did not know that. Became a TV series that I've never seen. I've Yeah. I've not seen the movie. The movie star, I think it's got Donald Sutherland in it. Yeah, it's got a great cast. Wow. But Robert Altman directed okay. that too. Now, this was this is a fictitious look behind the Hollywood curtain. It was written by Michael Tolkien, uh, based on his novels. So the screenplay was written by Michael Tolkien, who already wrote the book. Now you probably noticed that it was is packed oh. with celebrity cameos. Did you notice? Did you pick most of the cameos? I oh, even got an Alfred Hitchcock there on the wall. Did you see that wall. photo? Yeah, the photo. But I'm talking real yeah, no, cameos. I'm, mate, I picked all of them. Every uh, single one of them. They were not written into the script. Funny enough, Robert Altman added them all in. Oh, as he went, and, and none of the camp celebrities had any scripted dialogue. If they speak, it They're was all paid. improvised. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the deal was, but. That's a Having, good point, though, because, like, yeah. you know, it was a, there were some big names in there. Absolutely, yeah. We will, I'll tell you more about what the, they charge a bit later, but the film 
has more Oscar-winning actors and actresses in the so counting all the cameos yeah. than any movie in history. Wow! So twelve Oscar winners. We're talking yeah. Cher, James Coburn, Louise Fletcher. Remember, she was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg, Joel Gray, Angelica Houston, Jack Lemmon, Marley Matlin, Tim Robbins, Julia Roberts, Susan Sarandon, and Rod Steiger. All Oscar winners. Wow. And 13, if you count Oscar-winning producer Sidney Pollack, uh, who makes a cameo. He, he plays um, Griffin Mills' lawyer. And 15 other actors and actresses who were nominated as well. And they include Dean Stockwell, Gary Busey, Peter Fork, Terry Gard, Jeff Goldblum, Burt Reynolds, Nick Nolte, Richard E. Grant, Lily Tomlin. How about that for a who's who of There's Hollywood? There's a few that like, I don't remember seeing Nick Nolte, but I saw. I, when I, yeah, I actually he was watched at the, the credits on this. Yeah. I actually watched the credits yeah. here for that reason. Plenty of them there. Yeah. Tim Robbins, funny enough, claimed he said in an interview that Robert Altman was offered full studio financing, like full backing, if he cast a bigger star than Tim Robbins, than Tim Robbins. Griffin Mill. But Altman says, nah, that's who wow. I want. And that's who he got. So that's, that's pretty a, that's pretty good show of faith. Theme isn't it? of the movie there. Absolutely. Too. Now, had you any impressions before this movie of the the, the player? Never heard of it. Knew nothing of it. Yep. Uh, wouldn't have guessed Tim Robbins was in it. Okay. No, nothing. There you go. Wow. Well, it was nominated for three Oscars. Didn't win any. It was nominated for best director, Pete okay. Robert Altman. Nominated for best writing screenplay based on material produced or published elsewhere, Michael Tolkien, who was of his own book, right. and best film editing. Okay. It's the only film that year to be nominated for Best Director, but not Best Picture. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was a bit of a jip, I reckon. Righto, this is your last exit before the freeway. We are going to take a deep dive into The Player. But if you haven't seen The Player, you can do that on Fetch. You can do it on Fetch. You can watch thousands of movies on Fetch, whether you rent them, buy them, or find them on your streaming platform, because that's what Fetch does best, is find you content through universal search across a range of platforms from their own movie store to streaming services like, in this case, I watched this on Amazon Prime because it was available as a part of my subscription. That allows you to save money and find movies that you're already essentially paying for. That's what what Fetch does and that's one of the great features of it. You can watch live TV, you can record live TV, you've got pay TV channels, you've got free-to-air channels. There is so much you can do with a fetch box, including movies, which is uh, what they're most famous for here on The Best Movie You've Never Seen. Find out more, uh, ring your internet provider like Aussie Broadband or uh, others to find out whether they sell fetch or go to major retailers and fetchtv.com.au. Alrighty, you've now seen the movie. Yep. Just don't don't spoil it for us. We want to hear your reaction later, but what are your first impressions of the player? I was fascinated by it because it's, I actually don't remember seeing anything that's kind of this... Um, this behind the scenes. So like there's it's, plenty in, of, it's baseball, inside baseball for yeah, Hollywood. Think yeah. entourage, but that's around one person. Yeah. As opposed to this being about essentially yeah, the whole good, process. Good, good comparison, a yeah. lot of the process, which we'll talk about that because the opening yeah. shot in this is my favourite thing. Pre-internet too, don't forget. Yes. Pre-internet. Yeah, so it's all about pressing the flesh, talking to people, lunching, me- yeah, it's, yeah, networking. It's very old yeah. school networking. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, the premise of it uh, was became very clear quickly. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it wasn't a sports movie, yeah. and I I understood very quickly where we were, and I think that anyone with an interest in that kind of uh, backroom dealings in any yeah. industry, because there's dealing and dealing, like, yeah. well, that's, Pit, that's pitching. It's that's pitch. the cool oh, thing I reckon about it could have been called the pitch. The pitch, yeah, yeah. could have been called the pitch as much as it could have been called the player. Yeah, yeah. So what are you tweeting on this one? 
Uh, I'm going to tweet on this one that Hollywood, we think of Hollywood as the glitz and the glamour, but there's a machine that, that actually makes it work. The player describes it and shows you some intricate parts of the Hollywood machine. And no surprise, I did watch it in the theatre. Really, Steve? Back in 1992. <laughs> but you know what? At the time, it was a really... I, I and, and the buzz around it was a really highly anticipated movie. Right. Like Robert Altman's like a big hitting director. Right. And, and, and there was all the buzz around the cameos that were going to be in it as well. Right. So this was... And again, pre, pre-internet Hollywood, uh, you, you imagine trying to make this movie today. Yeah. The, the, the streamers and, and all, all the whole, it's a whole different thing. It's beast. a whole other thing, isn't it's it? It's a whole other kind yeah. of industry now. But back then, it was still sort of Hollywood at its purest, if right. you like. You know? Yeah, yeah it was, absolutely. It was still like that. Let's jump into the casting call. And I'm sure you recognize Tim Robbins, who Andy plays Dufresne. Griffin Mill. That's right. He was in Shawshank Redemption. He was also in Mystic River, which he won Best Actor Oscar, based on the uh, oh. the Dennis Lehane book, which I've read. is awesome. And that he won Best Actor for that in uh, uh, at the Academy Awards. He was in a really good movie, underrated, I reckon, called Jacob's Ladder. Which I've we'll heard get you to, talk about that before. Which we'll get to. It's got a really like twist-in-the-tail sort of story. Did you rem- remember him? Did you notice him in Top Gun? Do you remember him in Top Gun? He played Merlin. Mm. Remember Tom Cruise? That's true, yeah. Tom Cruise younger, really? yes. Yeah. Uh, Greta Skarki is uh, plays June Goodman's daughter. Is that the correct <laughs> pronunciation? <laughs> yes, it is. She was in Emma, uh, looking for Alabrina. She lived in Australia. She's uh, sort of Australia claimed her as oh, an really? Aussie actress. So she she was born overseas. I was born in Italy, but lived most of her life in Australia. Right. Vincent D'Onofrio yes. plays David Kahane, and My I know man, Goran. You lo- you recognise him from Law and Order. Criminal I text Stephen the moment he became on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but did you know he was also in Men in Black? No. And he's also in Full Metal Jacket, the, the classic Stanley Kubrick film, which we'll get to as well. Uh, the other actress you probably notice is Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. She was in Ghost. She won an Oscar for Ghost. See, what I found in, interesting, Yeah, I'll get to, I'll get to that, but she, yeah. she played a character, not herself. That's, that's, that's one right. of the things yeah, that yeah. was fascinating about this when Brilliant. someone so big came into shot. Definitely. You didn't realise if it was them or, or a character. Absolutely, yeah. She uh, won an Oscar for Ghost. That's another great movie. Patrick yeah. Swayze, Demi Moore's in that too. Sister Act, she was also in it. She was also in The Colour Purple. Yeah. Oprah Winfrey. Steven Spielberg directed that. Yeah, Oprah Winfrey. Oscar nominated. Uh, she was nominated for an Oscar. I think Whoopi Goldberg was as well. As was Oprah. Good call. Before we get to the run-through, let's talk about our other great sponsor, and that is Hisense. And you know what? Hisense proves that you can get a big screen without having to spend big money. Oh, yeah. Their UHD 4K TV series, you can get an 85-inch TV for under $3,000. What? And it still has all those great features you look for, 4K AI upscaling. Uh, So you get a wide colour gamut. It offers you Dolby Vision HDR and Dolby Atmos. So not only does the picture look great, it also sounds great as well. And if you're a gamer... They've got you covered here as well. They've got the Game Mode Plus, so you can connect your console and enjoy auto low latency mode and variable refresh rate to suit the game you're playing. So it's not only for enjoying these great movies that we talk about, but also playing these next-level games. Call of Duty's coming out soon too, so I'll be playing that on the Hisense TV. And it's also running the VDAR-U6 operating system, so you can get to your content really quickly, really easily. There's also sports mode. I know there's a lot of sports fans out there, so you can get that really immersive live stadium experience and also that smooth picture as well. It is worth you getting down to a store, checking out a Hisense TV for yourself. You can go big or go home. 
and it's under $3,000. An 85-inch TV. Get to a store now. Check it out for yourself or head down to hisense.com.au. Boom. Lights, camera, action. Are you ready to go? (laughs) Rolling. Here we go. Now, I'm sure the first note I've made here is the opening scene, the opening shot of this movie. Did I tell you this before? No. You noticed this yourself. I noticed this and I went that. I still think that's the best. It's remarkable. That that should have won an award. It was so well. For a movie, like far out, there's a lot in that. For those wondering what we're talking about, it's an eight and a half minute one shot, tracking shot. And it's pretty intricate too. It goes up and in, in and in and out of buildings, in and up and to yes. windows, moves across. The, the There's the like thing, a buggy accident. The thing that and most um, played on me was they follow um, Tim Robbins. What's his character's name? Griffin, Griffin. Mill. They follow him in yeah. and then come out. They 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 shoot on two other people, but behind those two people in the window, Griffin comes into his office. Yes. So it's. And you, they're you able see to, that continuity of the whole thing. And they're able to look over his shoulder and see things. And that whole opening shot, right, uncut tracking shot, yeah. was planned. They, they built models to plan the production, right? So they had a little model of the buildings and yeah, car yeah. park. And they, they had the area of the studio that repaved so the camera could move smooth. Because on a dolly, yeah, so right, they could yeah. dolly the camera around. Dolly in a jibo shoot. Yeah, yeah, and they did it. They rehearsed the scene with the cast and crew the day before shooting. It took them, they did 15 takes of the scene. It's not bad. And the 10th take was the one they used in the movie. Yeah. So they did it 15 times. The 10th time was the gym. That's, i got to say, you've talked before about production times on things and yeah. how a certain shot or scene took, you know, a week or a month to shoot and stuff like that in different different yep. episodes we've done. Oh, if you'd have asked me, millionaire question, how many takes did yeah. they do or how many days did it take, I certainly would have said it took multiple days. Yeah. Well, I think they rehearsed the hell out of it. So they rehearsed it, not Still. only the actors, but also the camera moves were rehearsed pretty well. So Brilliant. they, it was really they well created done. that efficiency. And you know what? It leads to one of the first audio clips that we've got. And ironically, the character talking about modern day movies and how they're made. Pictures they make these days are all MTV. Cut, 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 cut. The opening shot of uh, Wells' Touch of Evil was six and a half minutes long. Six and a half minutes long. Three or four anyway. He set up the whole picture with that one tracking shot. Isn't it funny how in yeah, the yeah. big track he's talking about how everything's cut, 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 but it's not. But you know what I love about this opening sequence are the pitches. Yes. The pitches are brilliant. And it starts off with a guy pitching The Graduate 2. The Graduate, part two. Oh, good. good. Now listen, the three principals are still with us. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, Anne Bancroft, Catherine Ross. Mm-hmm. 25 years later, and so are the characters. Ben, Elaine, and Mrs. Robinson. Ben and Elaine are married. Still, they live in a big old spooky house up in Northern California somewhere. And Mrs. Robinson lives with them. Mm. Her aging mother, who's had a stroke. Mrs. Robinson's had a stroke. Mrs. Robinson has a stroke, so she can't talk. It's going to be funny? Yeah, it'll be funny. With a stroke? And weird and funny and with a stroke. Okay? (laughs) That's what I love about that. That was why I kept it that Exactly. (laughs) Funny funny. with a stroke. With a stroke? Uh, What are you talking about? Now, the guy pitching that was Buck Henry, who wrote The Graduate. The Graduate. Oh, yeah. wow. So that's that's him so cool. Pitching the screenplay for the fictitious so cool. sequel to this classic movie. And you'll notice, too, that they mention Julia Roberts yes. a lot. Yeah, we'll yep. get Julia, yep. Bruce Willis. They mention the same actors over and over yes. again. 
Uh, so we we sort of move out of there. Then there's a kid hit by a buggy. Remember the uh, yes. the, the golf cart, the, the runner, but the mail the runner, kid, yeah. and there's mail everywhere. And did you like how the camera zoomed Came in right on the down. postcard? Yes, that was the first postcard you see addressed yes. to Griffin Mill. Uh, I thought that was that was genius. Did you notice a very young Jeremy Piven doing yes. this tour? Ari. You know, Ari Gold from Entourage. Yes. Straight yeah. up. The first he had thing a I really know. small role. Eh? He was in a couple of scenes. He was in a couple and, of scenes. Yeah. yeah. I liked how in that, he, there were like Japanese executives and he says, oh, yeah, he was saying, look, we're going to still be using all Sony equipment, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <he was laughs> <saying equipment. laughs> yeah. Yes. I think you said, oh, domo arigato, like thank you yeah. to, in Japanese. Yeah. Does everyone yeah. need to go out for some uh, sashimi Chris <laughs> Cormie, you know? So, yeah. we're uh, But we're here first of all too. There's like a little bit of a gossip going on mm. about the talk about Griffin being replaced by some guy named Larry, Larry. Levy. He's sort of, there's a little bit of, uh, he's a bit uh, anxious about it, a little bit of, I don't know, is he paranoid about it? But Yeah, he's paranoid, yeah. but everyone's talking about it. It seems to be an early theme Everyone's of the talking yeah, about yeah. it, bottom line. But then we get to the next pitch, and this is a cracker too. Goldie, Goldie. Okay. Goldie, Goldie goes we have a relationship, and, and that would Goldie be great. Goes Goldie, goes to Africa. Africa. Goldie, Goldie goes to Africa. Goldie goes to Africa. She becomes worshipped. Worshipped. She, well, she's failed by this tribe. Small, yes. of small people. But then she has she's to She's failed by this tribe, and they worship her. Oh, I see. It's kind of like a gods must be crazy, except the Coke bottle's now a television actress. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's out of Africa meets Pretty woman. <laughs> I love how they do that. The little they describe the movie as this, this meets this, yeah, which is quite cool. The next pitch is also pretty cool too, and I think uh, he asked him, "Guys, does politics scare you?" What's your pitch? This is the best. Well, is political scary? Political doesn't scare me. Radical political scares me. This political political scares politely me. Politely politically radical. But is it it's, funny? It's funny. It's, it's funny. a funny political it's, thing. It's a funny. It's a thriller too. It's a thriller. <laughs> and it's all at once. So uh, what's the story? Well, I want Bruce Willis. Mm -hmm. I think I can talk to him. Um, it's a story about a senator, a bad guy senator at first. Uh, and he's traveling around the country on the country's dime, you know, uh, like that Sununu guy used to. I see. So sort of a cynical political thriller comedy. Yeah, but it's got a heart uh, in the right spot. <laughs> and anyway, he has an accident. An and accident? Be yeah, and he becomes clairvoyant. Like a oh, psychic. I see. Yeah, so, so it's kind of a psychic political thriller comedy with a heart. With a heart. <laughs> and uh, not unlike Ghost meets Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> That's gold. I really love that. You are, can I just say. <laughs> That's really cool. You are most into this than almost anything <laughs> yeah, other than Star it is, Wars. It is very Because good. this is. This I'm is movie this nerd movie. meets yeah. movie absolutely right nerd yeah. content. If you're, if you're not a movie, if you're a movie nerd and you don't like this movie, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, really, this is really funny. Uh, anyway, we move past that opening massive scene and we head into Levinson's office. He's the boss of the studio. We see this young bloke. Who's you know that young bloke? He's a son of a rich financier. So he's and a, it's fascinating some young brat you expect, in there. Yeah, because he's talked about as being some bloke's son. You know all yeah. this kind of stuff. At this point, he's I'm, looking expecting, through headshots. I'm expecting him to be become a big role in the movie, nah. but he never really does. No. Nah. I just he, assume that, you know, he's he, some he's, big shot son going to take over. Well, or that's right. I think because his father finances a lot of the studio's yeah. movies, so they've got to treat him, you know, yeah. think of the kid, the rich kid, rich dad's son. He's looking at mug shots. I think he asks, he goes, do you know Meg Ryan? Is she married? Yeah, she's married. He's married. <laughs> he's trying to get dates with these actresses. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but then we hear, like, Celia, who is the Levinson secretary, again. Uh, Griffin's asking, he goes, look, I'm, is it Larry Levy? I'm hearing this. He goes, look, should I? She says, look, don't ask. He goes, what, don't ask because uh, you know or don't know? So he's really paranoid about yeah. Larry Levy. Uh, next thing we see, though, is them at lunch. And uh, we see the first of the of the big cameos is John Cusack. Did you yep. notice him? And Angelica Houston. I did not know. And, and the person who we discover soon is Larry Levy is with them as well. 
they get to a lunch and the, the the gossip of course is all about Hollywood and I love I love how when when Griffin arrives he says this so what's happening with glass box can we talk about something other than Hollywood for a change yeah. yes we're educated yeah. people sure. <laughs> 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 they got nothing <laughs> they got nothing it's that's silence very funny. <laughs> And uh, we see, though, uh, I think Griffin notices Larry Levy across the room in the restaurant. But when he goes out to his car, maybe he picks up the car from the valet, notices yep. another postcard. Yes. And I think the postcard says, I told you my idea and you said you'd get back to me. Now, just going back to tracking a little bit to that opening scene, and it was only in hearing the audio really quietly for me to cut it up for the show, I did hear that one of the calls during that sequence was from the writer, a writer saying, Griffin Mill, he said he was going to get back to me quite angry. And that's sort of, you really got to listen out for that. And right. that that's, that's sort of the, that sort of adds to this whole, this whole postcard drama. So we're up to uh, – he, he, I like how he, he gets the postcard, tosses it in the drawer, and there's heaps of other postcards. There's others there. So you know that there's a, there's a drama there. Yep. I did love the fact, too, that there was a little book in the drawer. If you, if you could watch it as many times as you I nerd. did and pause it, there's a book in there called uh, How to Write a Movie in 21 Days by Vicky King. Yeah, that's uh, that was in there. They, they're invited to a party, and Bonnie, who's the story editor of the studio, is abs- like Griffin's girlfriend, you sort of assume, mate, don't you? Yep. They're at this party, and again, celebrities everywhere. Central. Jack Lemon playing the piano. Remember him from Glengarry Glen Ross? Yep. Uh, Sydney Pollack is there, but he plays uh, he plays Griffin's lawyer, who we, we talk about too in a minute. Harry Bolafonte is there. Marley Matlin, you know the uh, the the deaf actress, you know. Oh she, yeah, of course. Yep. She's, she was in the West Wing. West too. Wing. Uh, Rod Steiger, Jeff Goldblum as well. So mm. it's remember what movie was Jeff Goldblum out of? Remember we've done it on Jurassic the show. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park and the other another show he was in, Independence Day. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So have we uh, done that? Yes, we have. Yes, well, that's right. Yeah, yep, yeah. I remember it now. Yes, we do. <laughs> but uh, the talk, of course, comes back to Griffin and his paranoia, not only about his job but also the postcards. Not threats. You talking about threats? No. Yes, yeah, so I don't know. He's pissed off. I thought writers were your long suit. You're the writer's executive, aren't you? What's he doing here? Goldblum is a friend. Well, no, Larry Levy. Came with Sally. He's a buddy. What's going on with my job? I mean, you know, Larry Levy everywhere I look. He's you know, in my face. Larry Levy's a comer. That's what comers do. They get in your face. You're a comer, so you can handle him. Stop worrying about it. So the rumors are true. Rumors are always true. You know that. <laughs> well, I'm always the last to hear about. Them. You're the last one to believe. I told you that before. So am I out? Not out, but you better start yeah, thinking about a room. Relax, you can handle this. You, know, you can make him work for you. So that he said, relax, but you think about a roommate. Rumor. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be co worker with him. He knows all about it. Like he's, yeah. he's, rumors are always true. Rumors said, are always true. Yeah, yeah, so that was good. Next thing, he's in the jacuzzi with Bonnie. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I like in here how he, he pretends he had a pitch about a story. Yes, but, but he's just about, telling his own it's story. A, it's about him. I heard a pitch today. It wasn't bad. I'm stuck in a story point, though. I'm the story editor. Go. New York City. Madison Avenue, a big advertising agency. Account executive makes a presentation to someone he wants as a client. The client promises to get back to him. Does that have to be advertising? That's not the problem. The account executive keeps waiting for the client to call him back, tell him what he thought of the idea, to tell him if he got the job or not. 
but the client never calls. So the account executive gets so pissed off, so frustrated, that he becomes obsessive, and he decides to drive the client crazy. What does he do? Sends him threatening postcards. It's not important. Here's the problem. How long do you think the account executive harasses the client before he becomes dangerous? Does it have to be advertising? How long? Right, if it were me. One month? Three months. No, 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 more. Five months. I mean, to be dangerous, five, five months. months. That's what I thought, yeah. five months. Who's the writer? I don't know. You don't know the writer who pitched you the idea? Name, I don't know. There's a couple of kids. Uh... That background noise, by the way, is the jacuzzi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like how she's reading the script and it's half underwater. It's, I know. It's, yeah. The bottom of the paper's definitely <laughs> wet. <laughs> I think it's lost its molecular structure as paper yeah. by that point. I'm just thinking, move the script, love. <laughs> yeah. I know why you wanted to move the script. <laughs> All righty. Uh, the next scene, we're in a restaurant and Burt Reynolds. This is spot great. Burt Reynolds. Yes, first uh, up. I love yeah. this, right? When he walks in, he goes, <laughs> G'day, Burt. Uh, in the restaurant, and he apparently improvised that. He says, oh, asshole. He calls him an asshole. But that was something improvised. He's, yeah, he wasn't right. given a script. And I, uh, I, but I quite the enjoyed point it. there is yeah. that pretty much there's this actor versus uh, producer slash executive yeah. vibe that goes... But it's what you, you know, say what, to people's faces and what you say behind their back. Correct. Too. So the, I think there's two parts to it. There is yeah. the actors and, and, the, and the management style people are separate in, yep. the, in the game. They're separate players in the game, if you like. And then there's that, you know, what yeah. you say to someone's face and what you say behind their face, the rumours. There's so much of this that is literally just, if you were in Hollywood, you'd just be going, oh, this is so true. <laughs> this is so real, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, he spots Larry Levy again. Yeah. He says hello to him on the way out. Because he, they, they literally pass. Yeah. Larry Levy's leaving yeah. the same table that he then sits down at. Well, he, he says to him, he goes, couldn't your time couldn't your meetings a bit better? Like, yeah. He goes, come on, mate. His get breakfast over is it. still sitting here. Yeah, get over it, mate. I like how he see, he sends back the uh, sends back the water. Sends back the water. No, 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 and the glass. glass. He goes, look, there's a wine glass. I want to, can you get me a water glass? Yeah. So are you thinking? Wanker. What a, what an idiot. Yeah, what a, he's a little bit uh, high maintenance, you reckon? Yeah, he's pretentious. He's a yeah. he's a pretentious Hollywood person. So this, this that's a question I'm going to ask throughout this. Uh, how like I know he's the main character, but he's not very likable, is he? Like there's there's some parts, some things where you like him and you you're rooting for him, but yeah. other times you're thinking, what a prick. And I think that's yeah. the problem of this job yeah. is he's yeah. actually like, and he admits it too. Well, but he yeah. can't. But if he likes everyone, and he's He's yeah. going to have to let some people down. Like yeah, it's a, exactly right. it's a tough yeah. gig. Simply put, yeah. Gets back to his office, another postcard. Yeah, God, he and, receives uh, a lot of mail. In the in this postcard, though, it says, "In the name of all writers, so we know it's a writer. Yeah. I'm going to kill you." And then I think he asks, "How this? This one's good because he here. he then yeah. says to his assistant and sends her yep. and the mail guy off to find out how it came in because he notices it doesn't have a postmark on it. Yeah, no stamp. There's no. It was clearly hand delivered. So it's like yep. go and find out who brought this here. So he's trying to remember. Remember that he had the the he was talking with Bonnie in the jacuzzi. He goes, "Oh, how many? How long before you get upset? Two months." Yeah. She said three months. So I think he decides to look through the pitch meeting. Remember the book, the meeting signing uh, book. Remember he was looking through I the book. I didn't notice that. Yeah, he was looking I through the book. I did wonder what he was. I thought yeah. like at first I thought it was a like just a Rolodex of contacts. Yeah. Then I thought it was a calendar. He was looking so at his old meetings. Yeah, yeah, he was looking at his meetings and he noticed the name come up on the computer. Remember, remember earlier in the movie he said to the assistant. Remember this is in the early nineties. He says, "Can you just put those meetings in the computer? Like it's like a new thing." So he was looking on the computer and he, you see the name David Kahane. And it said, we'll call back. Yeah. So that that's, he looked up his number and decides to call. So And he even goes, drives out to the house. And we see a woman inside painting, taking photos. 
And he calls her on his cell phone standing outside. Creepy as hell. Yeah, I'm thinking, what the hell's going on there? He asked for David, right? Yep. Which we know is played by Vincent D'Onofrio in the next scene. Did you know that at the time of filming, Vincent D'Onofrio and Greta Skarki, who plays June Goodman's daughter, were actually in a relationship in real life. Batting so above in, in, his average. <laughs> so he was in the movie dating her, but in real life he was dating her as well. Wow. Yeah. And I like how she calls out for him and goes, oh, look, I'm sorry, he's, he's gone. He's gone to the movies. And we, dis- we discover uh, what his little nickname was for Griffin. Hello, I'm really sorry I forgot. He's gone out. Oh, I see. Who's this? This is Griffin Mill. Oh, the dead man. What did you just say? <laughs> hmm? but, oh, nothing. I mean, being a dead man. Just uh, a nickname David has for you. Oh, I see. <laughs> just a nickname? How, how would you feel about that? Oh, Trevor. Oh, Trevor. oh the dead man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh, fine. Just, just a nickname. And then he gets his mouth around her surname. I love it when he tries yes. to pronounce this. June. June. Oh, here we go. You want to know my last name? Well, you won't be able to pronounce it. No one can. Try me. Goodman's daughter. Goodman's daughter. Goodman's daughter. Goodman's daughter. How's that? <laughs> it's right. Yeah. Very good. Thanks. <laughs> Bit of trivia. Goodman's daughter. Goodman's daughter. Have you heard of that singer Bjork? You know, the Iceland yeah. singer? Yeah. That is her surname. No. Yeah. Goodman's daughter is her surname. Wow. And didn't you find it real creepy? He's right at the window talking so to her. Creepy. How do you not notice him? Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm thinking is. How does she not see him? That doesn't make any Come sense. Come on, mate. Anyway, he heads down to Pasadena. He finds out that he's uh, he, that David's gone to Pasadena to see the bicycle thief. And what does he do? He goes out there trying to find him. Yeah. Did you like when he goes in late? The movie's almost over. Um and the movie finishes. He follows a dude out with a ponytail that he thinks is David yeah, Lahane. And he goes, David Lahane. And he goes, sorry, buddy. Wrong mate. Wrong bloke. And then uh, he notices uh, the real David Kahane. David Kahane. Griffin Mill. Griffin Mill. Yeah? Great movie, huh? So refreshing to see something like this after all these cop movies and, you know things we do. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a remake of this. You'd probably give it a happy ending. No, no, no. We keep it pure. Pure, right. You want to write it? Don't fuck with me, Mel. I'm not fucking with you. David, I said I'd get back to you, didn't I? Yeah. About six months ago. I thought you'd forgotten. You were angry. Maybe. Do you want to talk about it? They decide to head to a bar down the street. I loved how he said, um... I'll, I'll, as long as you, I'll go to a bar, as long as you don't have any suck with the made so, to do, yeah, yeah. like in other words, you Again, just smooth your way this in. This is that yeah. disparity between, in this case, now a more slow, closer to the bottom of the barrel, uh, a writer, and this you know executive who see what I get throughout this is you know these writers they've got great ideas and yeah. no one can tell them otherwise it's a great idea. Yep. Yet there's these people who just don't respond. They're not. Mm. They don't think it's a great idea. Why yeah. not? You know. So this is that. You know, you're you're just someone that has you know sucked at every single restaurant. Yeah. I'm going to take you somewhere you won't know who you are. Uh, and it, it, while they're sitting down, they go to a they went to a karaoke bar, right? And then uh, David explains that he spent a year in Japan, and that uh, Griffin tells him he goes, you know what, you should write about that. That was my pitch, the one you were supposed to get back to me on. You don't remember, do you? Of course, I remember. 
You never got back to me. Listen, I was an asshole, all right? <laughs> it comes with the job. I'm sorry, I really am. I know how angry you must have been. I'll make it up to you. That's what I'm here for. I'm going to give you a deal, David. I'm not going to guarantee you I'm going to make the movie, but I am going to give you a shot. Let's just um, stop all the postcard shit, all right? I'm here to say that I would like to start over. Postcard chat. But that doesn't go down pretty well. Remember, he offers no. a shake and he says, fuck you, and he, he leaves. Mm. So he's offered him a deal. Like, what yeah. does he want? Like, isn't yeah. that what he wanted? So yeah. David Kahane decides, mate, you're on my list, pal. He leaves. Griffin leaves the bar. We see Griffin walking past to his car, and Kahane's in the background. Uh, he's, he's taking a piss. It's a nice boat you got there, movie exec. It's me, the writer. You still want to buy my story? I told you I'd give you a deal. Stop by the studio first thing in the morning. We're worth something else. Oh, and who will I ask for? Larry Levy? <laughs> What's Larry Levy got to do with this? How do you know about Larry Levy? Don't you read the trades? New York Times business section? He's moving in. You're moving out. You can't make a deal. That's what they say. Yesterday's news. Wait a minute. So even even he's I was just going to say, and this that. is the point where you know he knows there's a rumor about this Larry dude, yeah. but it's like even this guy knows because he's in the papers. Yeah. Like rumors of this move are in the trade papers. Yeah. So, you know what it's called, Vanity Fair or something. It's probably in all those kind of yeah, all, all the like variety, and variety all those, that's in what's the trades. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I love when he he makes this mock call to Larry Levy. Can I borrow your mobile phone? <laughs> huh? Uh, Larry Levy. Yeah, Larry. David Kahane here. Listen, Larry. Guess who's making promises about getting pictures made to writers in parking lots? Guess what dumb son of a bitch executive is trying to take advantage of, of me? I mean, do you realize how unstoppable this guy is? You know, I cannot wait to tell the world that when Griffin Mill can't cut the pressure at work, he drives out to Pasadena to pick fights with writers. You tell Larry Levy to give me a call. You know, the word is out that he's going to start making meaningful pictures at the studio for a change. Let's, let's forget this. Let's just stop all the postcard shit. I don't I write postcards. I write both wrong, okay? So you're wrong, buddy. You're in over your head. That's why you're losing your job. And then what are you going to do? Huh? I can write. What can you do? It's a great line. See, there's an interesting thing in this this last couple of seconds. Angry bastard, isn't he? So he, uh, Vincent, you know, what's his name? Um, David Kane. David Kane yeah. um, mentions the word postcard earlier on in the bar. Like well, he no, says well, he, the, no, at, no, at the no. cinema. Tim mentions it. No, no, he, he says, you know, this postcard stuff. He actually, he says that. He well, says the word Griffin, postcard. Griffin says to him, doesn't he? No. Yeah. David Kane says the word postcard, which is yeah. why you think he is the postcard guy. But then here, he says, well, I, don't I don't write, write postcards. postcards. I write I scripts. Write scripts. Yeah, yeah. So there's this conflict where you're going, hang on a minute. Yeah. Is he... Does he write it right? So it leaves you, you're not really clear. You're not whether really he did clear it whether he was the postcard writer. But did you see this bit where he sort of got his hand on the window? Put his so hand left on the a window. handprint. But yeah. then he opens a door and knocks Griffin down into a little stairwell. Mate, at I'm that thinking, point, holy I'm hell. I'm like, right. So wow. this movie's about this executive dying. 
Well, that was yeah, my immediate yeah. thought. Oh, right. Okay. My yeah. immediate thought is, oh, so this movie's about this guy yeah. has just killed him. There's this trail of postcards. Yeah. This guy's in some trouble, right? Yep. That was my immediate thought. Because yeah. they, you think about how it's short, but it's long. Because it, they could have just quickly cut to a shot of him yep. on the ground going, you know, getting yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't. They, they made me think he's dead. Yeah, right. Because also, you don't know how long that jump is. Yeah, you don't know what's happening. Uh, for all I knew, yeah, that okay. was a two-story yeah, building. Enough, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, you wouldn't have, not know, having seen it before, you wouldn't no. have uh, seen that. But the um, the thing that, that Kahane goes down there to help yes. him, and so oh, he feels bad. Yep. But um, Griffin blows up and, and attacks him and ends up, uh, Kahane ends up face down in a puddle of water. And he's, you know, he's trying to make oh, his point. Must, he's like, I think he pushed him and he goes, so it must have knocked him out and he falls face down into the water. Yeah, but then he then he gets him by the yeah. by the scruff of the neck yeah. essentially and just yeah. keeps yeah. lifting him, slamming his head into the ground, slamming yeah, his head yeah. into the ground. He's kind of he's abusing yeah. him, but in no way is he murdering him. He's just you know he's frustrated. Yeah. He's angry at him and he's just well, he just got letting it out. Into a stairwell, yeah, yeah. Right. but. Uh, you see, he hasn't moved, and you're thinking, "Oh my God, he's he's realised that he's in some deep shit here." Yeah. Sees his memory, sees his handprint on the window, so smashes well, the mate, window. So at this point, yeah. I'm like, "You've killed thinking, him." What are you he turns do? around, he sees that he's dead. Yeah. Panics. I love the idea that he, he instinctively, it's, and it's the movie writer, right? It's yeah. the it's the movie yeah. person that goes, "I got to, I got to make it look like a robbery." Yeah. So I'm going to take stuff from his wallet, yes. going to throw it there, take yep. his takes his wristwatch. Then he goes to the car, and I'm thinking, do not forget the handprint. Yeah. Because that was so clearly shot that that's the reason it yes, was shot. It was. And I'm thinking, what are you going to do? Rub it off, you idiot? But then he, and he thought like he's going to walk away, yeah. grabs a big bit of concrete or something, and just goes, smash. smash Brilliant idea. Yeah. But all the, I'm thinking now is, yeah. what other evidence is there? Well, there's none. But what is? I don't but, know. But we're going to see in this next scene, right, that there's a production meeting going on. Larry Levy's in Levinson's office, so he's obviously on board. Yeah. You're thinking, what the hell? Griffin's not in yet, but they're starting the meeting anyway. Griffin, did you like how the camera angle showed out the window Griffin's car arriving yes. and parking? It was really well shot. It was well shot because yeah. it wasn't. So what I liked about that is they've made it clear he's late and they're going to start without him. Yeah. And what's interesting is they don't just they don't cut to another camera, which is him driving in, you know. Yeah. they they Because I think what this does is it puts you in the presence of time. Because yeah. otherwise, when you cut away and show a car driving in, it's assumed it's happening overlaid at the same yeah. time. But what you get by this this scene continuing on... Because without a cut, too. Again, he's a fan of not cutting. Yeah. That's right. But you yeah. also, you actually see it through two different windows. Comes around one window and then parks, and parks at another. Yeah. That's awesome. You know? That's awesome. That's Cause, detail. Cause That's by attention the way, to detail. I didn't mention, but I think it applies in the same way. So this meeting keeps going there, right? Yep. If you go back to the Burt Reynolds scene, yep. you'll notice that... Yeah, it's, it's, it's zoomed in between the two guys at the table. But also, yeah. audio-wise, yeah. the Burt Reynolds conversation faded down and the other one lifted yes. up. But it was still there. Well, you know why? Because it gives you that, that's that's a really good point. It gives you and and like any movie is meant to bring the viewer into it. So we're yeah. like we're like voyeurs in a in the in the room. We're we're, we're there. They, they put that on for us. Yeah, that's what this movie gives us that voyeuristic sort of look. You know yeah. how you look at in like when he's talking to through the windows and uh, you know making the phone call and, and the scene of the restaurant where you mentioned where they sort of they push in on and sort of go between the two other people. Yeah, so it's meant to, I think to put the viewer into this sort of we're I just think spying it's a, it's into it's a great them. use of continuation. It it. When you're in a restaurant, you don't just hear one table. You yeah, hear multiple. It's noisy, yeah. And right. so you, the, I reckon if you watched it back, you could probably listen to the Burt Reynolds conversation. Yes, you can. If yeah. you paid enough attention yes. through that whole scene. It anyway, is very good. Yeah. But uh, we see he walks in. He apologizes uh, for being late, but he gets also introduced uh, for – he gets introduced to our man Larry. You know Larry Levy. Of course. 
Hi, Larry. Hi, Griffin. Larry was able to get out of Fox a week earlier than he thought and has come aboard as of this morning. Great. Let's, uh, let's start. In fact, Larry was just in the middle of something. Oh, no, I wasn't. I was just killing time waiting for Griffin. Oh, well, no, finish. What were you saying? I was just saying that I've yet to meet a writer who could change water into wine, and we have a tendency to treat them like that. Not at this studio. A million, million and a half of these scripts, it's, it's nuts. And I think avoidable. But, let me ask you something. When was the last time you actually bought a ticket to see a movie? You actually paid your own last money to night. see it. Pasadena, the bicycle thief. You went to see the bicycle thief? I love that film. It's a great film. Yeah, it's art movie. Doesn't count. We're talking about movie movies. <laughs> movie movies. <laughs> art movie doesn't count. But did you did you like? Were you surprised that he kind of gave himself up to be to put himself in Pasadena? Yeah. So he put himself in Pasadena. Well, he didn't. Yeah, it was a stupid thing because he thought. It wouldn't have any significance, yeah, right? Yeah. He thought it's done, it's finished. He's obviously going to play in his mind, but yeah. he he also isn't a very good liar, obviously, because he's not even come up with a alibi yeah, yeah. and a plan. But but when you think about it, though, he's given himself an alibi. He wouldn't admit to being there if he didn't. That's admit. also true. You know what I mean? So he's yep. sort of given himself an alibi. He saw the bicycle thief. He wasn't in the car park. Although he was in the car park. You know yeah. what I mean? How is, is it him just subconsciously thinking... I need to cover myself, or is he he's scheming, thinking, I'm going to say I'm there no, because I, I've got a ticket? Because when this scene progresses and they go yeah. around the table with the reads of different stories from the yeah. newspaper, and then it lands in front of him and he's actually seeing the story, the story. about yeah, the yeah. movie. That was a good bit where he's picking the stories out of the paper, goes, Yeah, that's a movie, writes that's, itself, yeah. does this. That was, that was very really well cool. done. But, but he does see upside but, down the but story. I think yeah. that's the moment where he goes, Oh my God, what did, did you, I say that for? Did you do what I did here and pause it? No. I paused it and read the story. Oh, my God. You'll notice that this, it's the same two paragraphs. Over repeated. and over again? Yeah. Oh, really? So the first two paragraphs is, you know, there was a writer found dead, blah, blah, blah. Lame. And then the second paragraph is different, and then they repeat that. They just cut and paste it yeah, a few times. <laughs> Griffin grabs the paper, reads the story, and uh, after the meeting's finished, he's uh, Walter, who's kind of the security guy in the studio, meets him in his office and, and starts... Uh, Starts talking to him about, uh, he asks, he goes, what, are you going to pitch me a story? What can I do for you, Walter? Don't tell me you came here to pitch me a story. <laughs> That's exactly what I've come to do. It's a good one, too. It's about a writer, sort of. <laughs> David Cahane. David Cahane? Who's David Cahane? Oh, you met him. Well, I meet a lot of writers. Uh-huh, but this particular writer that you met was murdered last night in the back of the Rialto Theater. Murdered? Well, come to think of it, Pasadena's as good a place to die as any. So what's the story? 25 words or less. <laughs> okay. Movie exec calls writer. Writer's girlfriend says he's at the movies. Exec goes to the movies, meets writer, drinks with writer. Writer gets conked and dies in four inches of dirty water. Movie exec is in deep shit. What do you think? That's more than 25 words. And it's bullshit. <laughs> but he shit himself. Walter knows the deal, mate. Through mate, the whole he, thing, he knows what's went See, down. your Walter yes. here is your, is your old school Ray Donovan, right? Yeah. Your Walter knows everything that's going on at the studio. It's his job to know. How it's going. Walter's the guy that gets called when something needs to be He's cleaned up. He's the fixer. Up. He's the yeah? fixer, yeah. So sure. Walter, no, when he first well, hears He this, says it. He says, it's my job to keep this very, Correct. very quiet. The... The, yeah. 
he's he's going to know. But so, uh, yeah. did you? Were you surprised though to see the facts come in? Yeah. And say surprise. Yeah. Like what's doing? Yeah. Next scene is the funeral. Did you notice the ver- the first thing focused on is in the pond? There's a dead fish in yeah, the pond and everything, all the other fish around it. Yeah. Does that sort of give you like how Hollywood sort of feeding off the carcass of, oh, of society know. sort of thing? You know, no, I, didn't I think it was that. meant to be symbolic. You like think that? so? Yeah, right, okay. I think so. That's what I'm taking out of it. <laughs> the guy given the eulogy right during this scene yep. is wearing the precise same outfit that David Kahane was wearing. Really? Yeah. The the pants, the red shirt, the coat. Exactly the same. So boots, blue jeans, red shirt, brown sports coat, and glasses. Wow. The the guy giving the eulogy. Yeah, you see it enough That's time, weird. You, you notice it. But did you think it was weird that Griffin turns up? Yeah, I thought it was He stupid. rolls up and uh, at, at the funeral. Well, I mean, that's the dumbest thing yeah. you could ever do. And uh, and he It's stops. actually a downfall of the movie. Well, do you, but, but again, it's is it him covering his ass? So thinking, look, I if I killed him, why would I come to his funeral? I went to his funeral. He's trying to sort of say, see, look, I tried to make a deal with him right. and all that. So then if I'm the defense or the prosecution, yeah. I'm sitting there going, right, get me a list of every other writer that's died in Hollywood in the last two years yeah. and say to him, did you go to this person's funeral, this person? Why did yeah. you go to this person? Like, he you don't go fr- to funerals of random writers. Yeah, yeah. We would be very well established that they're not maybe, friends. Maybe. And uh, she sees June. Remember, she's, uh, yeah. she's did you notice she oh, was I wearing remember. white oh, yeah. at a funeral? She's wearing white, not black. White. Yep. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think of it that way, but. And uh, well, a good color on yeah, her. he uh, by the way, massive fan of, of her right now. Chris and remember, because yeah. she had not seen him, she'd only no, spoken to she'd him. Only spoken to she says, she who, who are you? Yes, but she could tell he was. She said, yeah. These are all writers. Who are you? What are you doing? Yeah, like you're clearly then, not a writer. And he said, He even said, We spoke on the night, and and you know, nicely to come out. So it's this point where he starts really yeah. establishing his, his well, he story. says, I was probably says, the last probably to see him alive. Yeah. Speak to him, you so know, he's, stuff like that. He's he's shoring up he's his story, he's laying off it, yeah, yeah. So I think. Rather than denying that he saw him, he's thinking, "I need to, I need to go full. I need to go all so, in." So, so then this is where I, my reasoning for him going there is literally to see her, yeah. because I think at this point he's already heard that she's spoken to police, because obviously she would have. Yeah. But you want to find out what she's saying to them. Yeah. So true, he's true. So that initial reaction of her saying, "Who are you?" Yeah. and oh, and admitting that he spoke to her on the phone, if she's not combative at that point, yeah, then. She's not suspecting him either, so we're yeah, in a maybe, good place. Maybe. Did you notice too? There's a guy. There's a guy looking at him at the funeral. Yes. He's sort of this this dude. You don't know who he is. He's a scruffy looking. He turns yeah. up in other scenes, but that's yes. the first time we see him. Yes. Uh, she says, "Look, I, let, get me out of here. I need to go." She dri- he drives her home. So he's thinking, boom. In, that in escalated quickly. Yeah. So he's in the next thing. Where he's at her house. Her justification for that, by the way, is these I, are I all writers. Fa- I, I can't face them. I yeah, don't know yeah. any of these people. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he didn't say no. Mm. He says, right, sure. Uh, goes back to a house. They're taught, chatting away. I think she comments. She's usually asked a lot of questions. She takes a Polaroid of him. Yeah, and good then, then multiple. camera. Yeah. Yeah. And then she asks as well. She says, why was it so important that you see him that night? Why was it so important to see David that night? What was so urgent? That's the Polaroid. Well, he pitched me a story a few months ago. and mm, Japan story, yeah, right? Yeah, the Japan story. I liked it at the time, but it needed work, especially the ending. And I was sitting in my office that day, and it suddenly occurred to me how to make the ending work. So, what was it? What? Your idea for the ending. Up. 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 What does that mean? As opposed to down. Moves. Oh. 
you know, happy as opposed to sad, hopeful as opposed to depressing. What did you think of his ending? I never read it. You never Sounds read like it. Sounds like my Nope. <laughs> I don't like reading. Do you like books? I like words and letters. But I'm not crazy about complete sentences. <laughs> so what did he think? He walked out on me, actually. I don't think David liked me very much. I think he just didn't like happy endings. <laughs> Do you, can you relate to that? You, your missus not reading what you do? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. She also, <laughs> she also in the in the original phone call, and I died. Yeah. Admits that they're they're not married or anything. Yeah. They they actually played off each like other as as being very much a like roommates rather than in yeah, a relationship. No, or what? no, just a very casual relationship. Yeah. Like they're seeing each She's other. She's pretty low key. Yeah. They're not really exclusive, but yeah. they're not. Yeah, you right. know, we're not right. serious at all. Fair enough. Next morning, uh, Griff, or uh, maybe later that day, even Griffin's office, uh, we see Detective Avery, which is played by Whoopi Goldberg. And this is the point I was referring to earlier, where yeah. you go, okay, Whoopi Goldberg's in it as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's not for about a, th a no, minute, she 30 plays seconds. It, she does play herself. Where, yeah. where you realise that yeah. she's playing a role. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That's the thing about all these cameos. Yeah. Is, you're like, oh my God, how's Whoopi? Because Whoopi Goldberg's talking about picking up her an Oscar. Oh, I love and stuff, it how you know? she plays like a fan to you. Yes. Oh, I'd like to thank my mother and yeah, my yeah. father. And, yeah. Don't you think there's that weird. Yeah, complexity she's like a, of she's sort of like a bit of a, a bit starstruck, but then gets down to business and asks him about where, how but, do you know? But as David a viewer, yeah, because of all the cameos, yeah. it takes you a second to realise who's in character and who's themselves. Yeah, true, true that. Yeah, well, she's she's That's obviously the playing the detective, Detective Avery. Uh, Griffin explains how he met David. And I think I love how when Walter rushes him out of the room, he goes, okay, we've got to go. Come on, out of here. Yeah, that's enough. And uh, so then she says, look, if you need anything else, get back to me. Next scene is in the screening room. And it took a second to know you're in a screening room here because there was a scene with Scott Glenn, who was in Silence of the Lambs, and Lily Tomlin, who was in The West Wing and a few other movies. Right. Um, and they're in a scene that's obviously just cameo for this. They're in a, they're, they're sitting, you, the camera pulls back, you realise you're in a screening room. Yep. And um, Levinson... Says, oh, the the police came to see to see me. This apparently saw you about some dead writer, and then he says, oh, sorry, there's a message from you from Joe Gillis. Anybody know who Joe Gillis is? He's the character William Holden played in Sunset Boulevard, the writer who gets killed by the movie star. So there's someone screwing around with him, mate. Eh? Yeah. So the message from Joe Gillis, who's the bloke who. Yeah. Because <laughs> at this point, you go, hang on. So the What's postcard, the postcard writer wasn't was No, well, obviously not. Well, no. The next morning, remember, the fact said surprise. So yeah. you're thinking, what the hell? It's full on. It is. But it's, also, it's there picking was a, up pace. There's a great line in that scene where Le Levinson is in the studio boss. He's like, okay, just let's find it, find it, you know, the detectives. Let's get them some tickets to tickets to a movie, yeah, see them here. right behind a big star, and they'll, they'll, they'll wash over it. <laughs> Basically, that's the kickbacks of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah that's right. You know? I love now he had a meeting member at this hotel yes, restaurant with this Joe Gillis character, and uh, and he's uh, he bumps into Malcolm McDowell. Griffin, Griffin, Malcolm McDowell. Hi, how, how are, are you? Just here. Listen, the next time you want to badmouth me, have the courage to do it to my face. You guys are all the same. <laughs> that's like that's that cold. was unexpected. But didn't you like how Burt Reynolds couldn't didn't say that to his face? He called mm. him an asshole behind his back. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell basically called him an asshole to his face. Yeah, which is awesome, mate. Uh, yeah. Can I just say straight up? Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell was in this scene again, another cameo playing Big herself. Fan. Yeah, yeah, she's nice. Yes. Have you seen Four Weddings and a Funeral? Yes. 
Oh, you have seen that movie? Yes. Oh, okay. So I don't. I, I mean, <laughs> apart from the fact there's four weddings and a funeral, and I don't know what happens. But um, <laughs> she's in a few good movies. Yeah, she's I'm good. Green Card is another good one with uh, her and I'll just say Gerard Depardieu. Massive Green Card. Fan. Yeah, yep. she's she's nice. Good times. Uh, they're in the hotel. He's he's supposed to have a meeting with some dude, Joe yep. Gillis, right? And it turns out that the person is not coming to see him. But there's another dude there, uh, Andy Sevilla, who comes over and says, "Look, I've got a." I've got a bloke, uh, I've, got, I've got a guy here who might have a good pitch for you. And he goes, look, I'm not taking pictures down. We're here to meet someone. Yeah, he's like, he's starting he, to get yeah. freaked out and frustrated because yeah. he wants to have this meeting. Yep. So, look, he can't hear a pitch right now. Remember, he goes out near the pool. Yep. And then this same guy comes and bangs him on the shoulder and he shits himself. He goes, oh, what, what are you doing? Honestly. And uh, he says, look, I've got, a, I've got a great pitch. This is Tom Oakley. <laughs> and, mate, this, how he describes his pitch is genius. I really enjoy this. Uh, this is um, Richard E. Grant playing Tom Oakley, and he starts his pitch. We open outside the largest penitentiary in California. It's night. It's raining. A limousine comes in through the front gate, past a tight knot of demonstrators holding a candlelight vigil. The candles under the umbrellas make them glow like Japanese lanterns. It's nice. I haven't seen that before. That's good. A lone demonstrator, a black woman, steps in front of the limousine. The lights illuminate her like a spirit. Her eyes fix upon those of the sole passenger. The moment is devastating between them. He's the DA, she's the mother of the person that's being executed. You're good. See, I told you, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how the pitch continues and gets better. Cut from the DA to an upmarket suburban neighborhood. A couple have a fight. He leaves in a fit, gets in a car. It's the same rainy night. Car spins out on a road, goes into a ravine. The body is swept away. Now, when the police examine the car, they find the brakes have been tampered with. It's murder. And the DA decides to go for the big one. He's going to put the wife in the gas chamber. But the DA falls in love with the wife. But of course he falls in love with the wife. <laughs> but he puts her in the gas chamber anyway. Then he finds out the husband is alive. That he faked his death. The DA breaks into the prison, runs down death row. But he gets there too late. The gas pellets have been dropped. She's dead. I tell you, there's not a dry eye in the house. She's dead? She's dead. She's dead. Because that's the reality. The innocent die. But then the next question is, who's going to star in the movie? Correct. No stars on this project. We're going out on a limb on this one. You know, uh, like unknown stage actors or maybe somebody English, like what's his name? Mm -hmm. Which is Richard E. Grant, someone British. <laughs> Why? 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 Because this story is just too damned important to risk being overwhelmed by personality. Yeah, that's fine for action pictures, but this is special. We want real people here. We don't want people coming with any preconceived notions. We want them to see a district attorney. Bruce Willis. No, not Bruce Willis, not Kevin Costner. This is an innocent woman fighting for her life. Julia Roberts. Of course we can get it. See, no stars, Bruce Willis. See, what's cool is woman, we've got, Julie Roberts. got these two people who are kind of invested in getting this movie over the line. One of them very passionate about it from a creative sense. The other one yeah. just wants to get the movie made. Yep. And he's the guy that's just going, you know, we, we could compromise. We, it's yeah. okay. We to compromise. No, Bruce but Willis. but, but the, the the guy who's obviously probably the writer director saying no stars. No, this is because the innocent die. Yeah, and that comes back later. You which we'll find out. Anyway, he heads out of there, uh, receives a postcard 
at the table to say, I said to come alone. And the fo- the yeah. postcard is from Death Valley. And it's got a like a rattlesnake, rattlesnake on it. That's right. Oof. So um, I think, I think um, they then talk. Uh, Tom Oakley says, look, she said, okay, that was a good pitch. Ring me in the morning. He goes, look, she has to die. No Hollywood ending. Remember he was saying? Yeah. Uh, he gets in his car. This is the, the best bit of the whole movie. This mate. is the 90s. This is the 90s technology. Not here. only does the he car. have an awesome in-car phone, but he takes a call which he patches through to the in-car fax, fax machine. machine. Only a studio so executive good. would have. Did you have one of them in the 90s? Uh, mate? No. There you go. I had a fax machine, but I did not have one in my not car. Not in your car, right. I love the fax that comes through and it says, look under your raincoat. Yeah. And there's a box and it says, do not open till Christmas. And he goes, stuff this. Opens it up and it's a freaking rattlesnake in the car. And it's funny because obviously it's crazy. And, yeah. and my f- he's, they're driving a lot of cutaway shots of him in the car yeah. from the outside. And you think, you put the lid back on. But then you realize yeah. when he gets out and goes around the other side, it was a smart box where the lid, when you lift it up, the walls collapsed so that uh, yeah. there was no more box. Right. The, the so snake someone, was just on a platform. Someone thought about yes. that, didn't they? I thought it was genius. A but then he pulled over, gets out an umbrella and bashes the shit out of it Mate. and kills it. But what is his next thing? He goes to June's house, creepily appearing at her doorstep. Mate, this bloke has issues. Right. Issues. So, uh, remember she was taking Polaroids of him? Yep. And now he discovers that that that's been included in one of her paintings, and they're talking about snakes, and um, he said, oh, look, I came close to dying tonight, and all I could think of was you. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so, look, I hardly know I'd be the same if I'd be (laughs) the Yeah, maybe, but... I think I liked how she said, are you making love to me? Yes, yeah, maybe. It's a very strange thing yeah, to say. Yeah. Maybe with, with words. Is that how you do that? With I words. don't. I've how never do done do it with words. Yeah, no, me neither. Yeah. Struggle, struggle <laughs> to use words to get it to happen. But I think she said, look, I'd like you to leave. Look, it's, you know, go home. Call me tomorrow. It's the Invite least, me on a proper date. It's the least Hollywood yeah. romance you'll ever see. Of because course. normally yeah. in a Hollywood movie... They would have just got it on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, don't yeah. you think it, it actually... It sort of went against It actually type, yeah. puts a, an actual solid sense of realism on yeah. the story. True that. True that. Good observation. Uh, the ne- the office the next day, Tom Oakley is in the office. Remember the dude who did the pitch? Yep. Larry Levy is on the phone. And this is when he makes this pitch to our man, Larry Levy. No stars. No Schwarzenegger. No Pat Hollywood endings. No car chases. This is an American tragedy in which an innocent woman dies, because that happens. That's reality. Take me over the speakerphone, Griffin. Yeah. I don't know. It's a really hot story. But what, what is this bullshit no stars? <laughs> Let me give you a little tip, Larry. Levison came to power on two movies and made $300 million and had no stars in them. He's going to love this idea. It'll remind him of his youth. You know what his motto used to be? No stars, just talent. Has anyone else heard this? I don't think so, no. We should make a deal now. Tomorrow may be too late. Can we get a hold of Levison? So they, uh, he says, no, hell of a no pitch. No stars, just talent. Yes. Great line, yeah, by the way. It is I very mean, good. It's a very good line. I feel like that. But can I just point out something that I didn't mention earlier, but it's applicable in this scene also. The yep. use of telephone audio is very well done here. Yeah. Most particularly back in that very early scene where he rings June for the first time, where they're shooting through the window, mm. June, and she's on the phone, and it's... No, it's it's done it as a take. Like, a phone. Yeah, like yeah. there's no redubbing there because everything yep. from the movements on either that it's very well done. Yep. But it's it's the other end of the call, so you only ever hear it. Like it's it's Audio's just very right. well done. And I think the way they did that call there, where they flick between two ends yes. while still and using you hear the difference while the still using the other end as being on the phone was yeah. great. But again, just another example of the attention to detail that Robert Altman has as yeah. a director. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. 
I do like the fact that we, how are you feeling here? Where initially he had this paranoia about Larry Levy. Now, well, now that he knows now he's he's, he's, he's a roommate, setting himself up as he's a little like, hospital you know pass what? now. I'm just going to play this game. Yeah, I'm a player. I think he says though. He says he calls it a piece of shit idea with no second act that's going to blow up in both their faces. So he's sort of thinking, yeah, you take it. Good over. luck. So I think you're sort of setting him up on a hospital pass, don't you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're in Levinson's office. The pitch happens. No stars, just talent. Uh, and the, I think he, the Levinson asks, goes, what kind of ending is that? That's depressing. Yeah. He also yeah, he says, says, is there any sex, sex in it? In it? <laughs> and he's, he's, he, he says, right, put some in and the secretary rolls her eyes. Yeah. But I think, again, and this goes back to, you mentioned Entourage. It's all about marketing. How can we market? That's what their job yeah. is. How can we yeah, market this? It's got, it might be a great quality movie. We need to market it. Yeah. So that, that's what they're talking about here. Uh, and then he, he sort of hands it over to Larry. He says, Larry, you want to run with it? It's yours. You know, Griffin, I've got something else for you. Remember he mentions Tom Wolfe's new yep. book. And, and he this, goes, is where this is where he wants to get Bonnie. rid of Bonnie. Yeah. Bonnie's like, why are you sending are you me? Sending he's like, me? don't you want to be yeah. an exec? But he actually goes, he's sending it because he wants to get it on with... June. With June Goodman's daughter, Goodman's but uh, she, daughter. he says though, send Bonnie. She, if there's if there's a movie in it, she'll know because that because she's the story yeah, editor. Yeah, right? So, but again, he's sort of uh, he's he's also. Why do they need to go to New York? Just read the book. Well, the, the <laughs> that, there was the the galley. He said the galley's in a room in the hotel hotel room in New York. They oh. couldn't send it. it. There's no email then, mate. You got to go there. You got to read it. This early nineties, no email. Could have posted you a just, copy. Well, no, it's because it's 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 the security around. They didn't want it to get out. Imagine if it got lost in the post. It'd be okay. There was only you can only read it there. But this is also when um, Bonnie starts asking questions. The only thing Larry Levy has a firm grasp on is his dick, and you know it. Oh, come on, Bonnie, I'm not Oz. I can't do everything. If I think Larry has what it takes to get a picture made, why shouldn't I use him? That way, everybody wins. Why are you bullshitting me? I'm not. You bullshitting never used you. to bullshit me. Yes, you I'm are. Listen, I know you. I know you. Something. You've been stringing me along. Habeas corpus, Griffin. Habeas corpus. Habeas corpus. You've been stringing me along like one of your goddamn writers. What is this getting Levison to send me to New York? What is that about? Are you trying to get rid of me? I'm trying to get rid of you? I'm trying to help you. If you score in New York, you know Levison has to make you a vice president. Jesus, Bonnie, what, what's the matter? Are you afraid of success? Are you seeing someone else? Oh, that, that's what this is about. It's, Jesus, no, it's not on. just this. It's a lot of things. Griffin, it's the way you've been acting lately. Something is going on, and I just My want to know God, what it is. Jesus Christ. You're not, even, you're not even looking at me when you're talking to me, Griffin. I want you to just look at me. Please look at me right in the eyes and just tell me. No bullshit. Is there someone else? No. So he's a good liar, hey? Yeah. He's very skilled. Well, he's a studio executive. He needs to tell a few That's porkies. what I said earlier. He's got to be able he's to say to be able no to, tell to people porkies, without yeah. telling them no. Yeah. Next thing we see the event, uh, it's some sort of uh, I think archive. First thing you see there. is like share share in red. Yeah. yeah, apparently she never wears red, but she for this movie she did. She, uh, she happens to be with Larry Levy. Griffin turns up with June Goodman's daughter. I loved. I just like saying that now. He turns up with her, and you know what? How public would this have been? Yeah, kicking the ass for Bonnie. Making no there. sense. Later on, he mentions that you know my friends told me that you were with someone else, and anyway, dramas yeah. doesn't care. Griffin will have to actually has to say a speech, and the, basically the point of his speech is that movies are art; they're not just entertainment; yep. they are art. Same dude following him from the funeral. Remember? Did you notice this? Same yes. guy there. He's clearly. Yeah. I thought at this and point he I'm sees thinking, him. I'm thinking yeah. he's a private investigator. Well, that's, I, that's what my well, thought was. Initially, the first time I saw this, I thought he might have been the writer who's sending the postcards. Oh I no! Thought, I, I was always yeah, thinking. I thought I'm thinking. Well, I I never thought he was an investigator. I'm thinking, who's who's this dude stalking him? 
Yeah. Could it be the dude sending the postcards? That's what, that's I think we're meant to think that possibility also. Yeah. Um, Limo home, um, and they're followed by that same dude. Did you notice the dude following him? Yep. Um, and she says, look, should I come in? And he says, can I come in? And she says, look, no, not tonight, but soon. So he's uh, <laughs> he's got the brush off again. Uh, he says, why don't we go to Mexico this weekend? Right? And he Big decides, call. Yeah, I'm off. She's like, I've never been there. Yeah. She's pumped. She's right. So they're very excited. Um, the next thing we see, we're at Griffin Mill's house, and the same dude who's following him yep. is now at his house. And looks in the mailbox. Yeah, I'm thinking, well, what's he doing? What are you here? looking for? But he sees Griffin through the gate and getting this in his is where car. He, he stops him. He and sort of comes out, pulls out his badge. badge. So yeah. you were right. He was a detective. Well, no, I thought yeah. private investigator, not yeah, okay, detective. Right. I and actually the, thought he uh, might have been working for the studio yeah, security right. guy. Yeah. So he uh, he says, look, come down with us. Come look at some mug shots. Uh, then he takes you down to Pasadena Police. Station. Did you recognize this guy? That his name's Lyle Lovett. He's like a a, a country music singer. Country is no, a singer. Was once married to Julia Roberts. Oh, really, that dude? Yeah. Man, how'd you let her go? Yeah. Well, being once married to Julia Roberts is not something to be proud of. Yep. <laughs> but I do love it when uh, he gets in the office, and again, um, Whoopi Goldberg, who's playing Detective Avery, yeah, asks him about that mo- a movie that he saw that he can't stop talking about. Listen, um, before we start, I just hit. Paul went to see a movie last night. He came in here raving about Paul. What was the name of that movie that they changed the lady into the chicken at the end? What did you say? Freaks. <laughs> Freaks. Have you ever seen this? Todd Browning, yes. Oh, one of us. One of us. <laughs> one of us. One of us. I love that. So good. I've said that so many times. One of us. One of us. Uh, but did you like this little conversation about she can't find her tampons? Yeah. Which and like, what's doing? Yes, I know. These aren't mine. There's these, this these whole aren't thing here about... Um, <laughs> I think it's this destabilizing him. Like most of yeah. the stuff that happens here is to is intentional. Put like the loud noise, yeah, the he shits jump, himself too. Yeah, all these things are there to to find yes. out what are his vulnerabilities. But that isn't the only thing that rocks him either. Did you go out with June? Goodness, Todd. Yeah, her last night. Yes, I did. Have you guys known each other a long time? No, I spoke to her for the first time the night Kahane was killed. Wow. So you didn't know her before this? No, huh? I didn't. We met over the phone. We got to talking, and one thing led to another. Did you fuck her? <laughs> kind of question is that? I think it's pretty direct. Did you fuck her? Well, I wouldn't answer that question without a lawyer in the room, and then I probably wouldn't even answer that question. <laughs> but this, this just descends, thing to say. descends further into chaos. Where he's blowing up, and everyone's laughing. Did you notice that? Everyone's yeah. laughing. And he goes, what's, what's the matter with you people? It's like the you know, one of us. It's sort of yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. sort of scene. Um, yeah, so that was pretty. Uh, imagine getting asked that question in the middle. Yeah, of I thought it was a typical yeah, yeah. kind of American police TV show style interrogation yeah. without interrogation. It's one of those investigative Maybe, conversations yeah. where you game, try yeah. and learn as much as you can Maybe. without exposing where Maybe. you're going with it. He's back in the office, and uh, I think Walter says to him, "Mate, get yourself a lawyer." And then he tells him, "He goes, what you 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 going to? He goes, you you have you. They could prove you had intent to kill. You went there. He goes, you could be going to the gas chamber." And he says, well, I'm going to Mexico. He goes, what do you mean you're going to Mexico? You can't be leaving the country. And uh, I think he also mentions, look, Larry Lee, you could have my job. And, you know, Bonnie, he finds out, gets the got, Tom Wolf deal. Got, so yeah, got the deal. Good for you. Um, and she finds out that he's going to Mexico with June. Yes. So he's sprung. And confronts him. in sprung. Love, My yeah. favourite bit is here is she confronts him in front of two other little riders who yeah. are trying to get a deal. Yes. And they go, you know what? We're out of here. Mum and dad are fighting. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And... Uh, 
I love this bit when the airport where he's got, I don't know, is he going to valet his car? How's he going to, he's got his, his Range Rover there. And then he, I think he bullshits. He, goes, he sees the detective. Yeah, he sees Pasadena. the detective and goes, you know yeah. what? I don't want to be pulled up trying to yeah. leave the country here. Oh, I'm going to, yes. I'm going to lie pretend, to her. He pretends he forgot his passport. Yes, yeah. and we'll just go to the go to the desert. Let's go to the hot Another spring. Another place she's never been. Yeah. Funny that. And then she asks him, are we hiding? And he, he says, says from we're, everybody. We're hiding from everybody. They drive to the desert, and I like how they're greeted. Uh, they, I think they, they call him Mr. M. Remember Griffin Mill? So yep. Mr. M. So he's, he's obviously been there before. He knows him there. Yeah. Um, dinner table set. The champagne's on ice. Did you see the uh, the Banning's spring water? He asked for the Banning spring He's water. He's a big fan of that. Yes. The nude couple having a Just little bit of a swim. Just off they go. Yep. Yeah, do your best. Uh, June and Griffin dancing. And then she asked, look, tell me about the movies you make and what your job is. And, this and he, yeah. he says, look, I get 125 calls a day. Everyone wants me to say yes and make their movie. But I can only say yes 12 times a year. Collectively, we hear about 50,000 stories a year. So it's hard. And I guess sometimes I'm not nice and make enemies. And that's what I was to David. Enemy. Was his story one of the 12? No, it wasn't. So, yeah. The next scene, though, did you find this? It was a like Greta Scarpe, annoying, very, very uh, easy on the eye. Yeah, uh, you've, the, you've the, had you've the, had nudity the, in the bloody yeah, in the movie. Yeah, why are you not having it I now? I think I read <laughs> that Robert Altman deliberately did that. Yeah, because he thought that a woman like Greta Scarkey would be the obvious choice to be nude in the movie, whereas yeah. the other woman who was not as glamorous as Greta Scarkey, I read that he thought that would be more appropriate to have her show yeah. her some some nudity her wow. rather than Greta Scarkey. That's why it was the close ups. But it's funny because yeah. it you know, it's just a yeah, male, yeah. male instinct she, to want to see Greta Scarkey's nude, right? Yeah, but yeah. the point is it actually proves that you don't need it. Yeah. That's what these scenes prove. But it was just sort of going against type again. The like the, the glamorous woman would be the one you'd expect to see nude. Yeah. And, and at the same time yeah. it, it also shows that you actually don't need nudity. Yeah. To portray a story of two people that have sex, absolutely. Like, right. Stop. And that's just, it. And just, just not to say Bonnie's not glamorous. Like she, I, I, did a, I didn't mind seeing her in all her glory. In the Thanks jacuzzi. very much. Yeah. Awesome Come today. again in the day. Yeah. But I, I, did you like in this bit where you know they're they're having sex and he's saying, "Look, I need to tell you something about David's death." Yeah. And You're thinking, saying, "Shut up, I, mate." I was responding. I'm thinking, "What the fuck are you saying?" Just mate? shush, Shut mate. Up. Each day on the yes, each day, day like, on the what death the day. hell, mate. And uh, she ends up saying, "Look, shush, I want to know. I don't want to know." So she kind of, sort of, I reckon, She's I reckon she knows, yeah. and she just doesn't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, she's thinking, "Look, don't this, tell me." Which she, goes to my point like, of no, them no, no real close yeah. relationship. Ignorance actually. is bliss. I think is yes. her sort of motto here. Yeah. Uh, did you like they're in the mud bath here, mate? Uh, no, I didn't like it at did all. You, did you like when he got out and sort of there's a little bit of exposure there? There was a little bit of exposure. Yeah, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a Johnson sighting. Yeah. <laughs> Tim's doing very well, but uh, yeah, not not bad. Um, but the uh, it's the lawyer, so he gets a lawyer from. He's uh, remember the dude from the party. He says, yes. "Listen, get your ass to get up Pasadena. Here, to Pasadena there's, for a there's, there's a police lineup. They have a witness. And apparently, so at this point, you're like, "Hang on a minute, this is massive. Like a lineup. Yes. I've seen enough SVU. This stuff's bad, yeah. right? Lineups mean ironically, it's about, which about mean, Goran. Yeah, yes, the, exactly. The yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, at this point, you are assuming. And and the movie's got not long to go. You are yeah. assuming it's all downhill for him. Absolutely. Yeah. They get to the station. His lawyer is uh, do you the interesting in a choice. Yeah. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. Is that guy in a wheelchair or is that a choice? I don't know. No oh, idea. Right. I don't know. Interesting. Um, he says, "Look, the witness we have lives across the street. 
Uh, I like because how the lawyer. So, so just on the yeah. wheelchair thing, isn't it fascinating though that it doesn't yeah. matter? Like it, yeah. the character doesn't it yep. does his job. It, yep. The only time it matters is when he tries to come out in the steps. Yeah, he goes, oh to, damn it, no ramp again. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like it just shows it kind of goes. It's just to that, another another texture of the movie. It goes yeah. to the oh, what's the strong of the year buddy name the tennis player. Dylan Alcott. Um, Dylan Alcott, yeah. You know, yeah. he talks about the fact that as a kid, you know, he didn't see himself on TV. And it's like, yeah. you know, there yeah, should true. be as many people yeah. playing the roles as there are people in society. This was the early 90s. That's what's yeah. really cool about it. Anyway, I like sorry. how, and he still plays a pretty solid lawyer. And he asks, I think he says, are they prescription glasses? And he's just like, you yeah. can't ask her a question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and, this uh, lineup is yeah. a struggle because she picks number three though. Isn't it funny? She picks the detective. Yeah, well, and, I love it. And, and Avery's like, you do, do you mean number five? And then the, the yeah. lawyer's like, are you talking? What, what? are you? What are you yeah. saying? She goes, sorry, I said the wrong thing. Number yes. It's, but anyways, they yeah. find out. You know what? You're uh, you uh, you're free to go. Since you're free as a bird, no witness, no crime. Yeah, that Avery woman thinks you just got away with murder. Everybody does, Mister Mill. <laughs> so I like it here where it says one year later. Yeah. And we're in the screening for habeas corpus. And who do we see? Stars everywhere. Yeah. Susan Sarah, did you notice her? Yeah. And Julia Peter, Roberts in Peter the Peter Falk, who played chamber. Columbo. Remember Peter Falk was yeah. Susan Sarandon? In the gas chamber. Julia Roberts is the is the actress. as as planned. Louise Fletcher is one of the guards. She I played Nurse her. Ratchet in uh, uh, one of oh, the Cougars. She's yeah. one of the guards. So she's strapped in the gas chamber, and um, the it's quite dramatic, eh? The, yeah. Remember the guy picks up the phone and he goes, what? And then Bruce Willis goes in, sh- shoots the glass with a shotgun, rescues her from the chamber, and she says, what took you so long? Typical Bruce Willis. Traffic, Traffic was, was a bitch. But isn't it funny how he get like, the, that director, that Oakley guy, yeah. they're thinking, everyone's saying, oh, how good is it? But Bonnie speaks up about it. You, you sold it out. I can't believe it. How could you let him sell you out? I mean, what about truth? What about the reality? What about the way the old ending tested in Canoga Park? <laughs> everybody hated it. We reshot it. Now everybody loves it. That's reality. <laughs> That's totally opposite. That's to typical what Hollywood. Isn't that funny? How Creative fickle. genius. So fickle. But yet, you know, isn't it funny how, right, in this bit here where Bonnie's the only one who sort of stayed true. Yes. And she's the one who, who gets the worst, who ends up with the worst, who's a loser. Yeah. Right? So she says, I think the bloke says, who is this person? And then Levy says, Bonnie, you're fired. He goes, I'm going above your head. Griffin, who's now the now studio, the studio head, head, which right? is not spoken about, but yeah. it's clear because she's gone above his like head. She, remember, she's walking. She breaks a heel on the way, so she, she's having a shit day. And he says, no, nah, you're out. So he goes, oh, I don't want to see her. And she's the one who really stuck to her principles yeah. and is the loser. Like everyone else who lied, like, like Tom Oakley, changed the ending because it didn't test well. Again, Griffin's a liar and a murderer. It goes to the point you know? of, you know, you basically got to – you got you can't be true to yourself and be successful in Hollywood. Yeah. That's the that's the underlying point there, isn't it? Uh, absolutely right. So yeah, you got to sort of duck and weave, don't you, in Hollywood? Yeah. But um, I love how Bonnie's pleading with him and he says, "Look, you're a survivor. You'll land on your feet. You'll be right." And, and he just uh, drives off in a roll. Bonnie's left literally crying on the steps, steps with one shoe on and thinking, "Wow, what a sad ending for her." But uh, he's in the car. He gets a call. Larry Levy's on the line, and they're saying. Uh, he said, well, how did my new ending go? Because Griffin obviously said, I'll change the ending. Um, and he said, look, tested fantastic. But I've got another writer here with another pitch. Hiya, Griff. Remember me? I'm the asshole who used to be in the postcard business. You. Yeah, that's right. The king of suspense himself. You remember me? I haven't heard from you for a while. 
Well, I've been busy. I've been writing a script. I got okay, inspired. Okay, okay, Give him the pitch. You'll love the script, and it's great. All right, it's a Hollywood story, Griff. A real thriller. It's about a shitbag producer, studio exec who murders a writer he thinks is harassing him. Problem is, he kills the wrong writer. Now he's got to deal with blackmail as well as the cops. But here's the switch. Son of a bitch, he gets away with it. Larry, get off the speaker. I want to talk to him privately. Sure thing. This is a winner, Griffin. It's a winner. Gets away with it? Absolutely. It's a Hollywood antique, Griff. He marries the dead writer's girl, and they live happily ever after. Can you guarantee that ending? If the price is right, you got it. If you can guarantee me that ending, you got a deal. I guarantee it, Griffin. What do you call this thing, anyway? The player. The player. I like that. <laughs> so does Stephen. Stephen loves it when the movie title is in the, the movie. The player, of course. You but say that all the time, don't you? I do. I love it. But um, I thought that was a really nice wrap-up. Remember the, great, the last scene ending. is him. June's come out. She's pregnant. pregnant. They're living they're, in they're a living mansion. He's got a happily Royce. ever after. So the story describes him. Now... The speculation around all of the that guy who pitched at the end, yeah. the speculation was he was the guy speaking at the funeral. Uh, the, the actor who plays the, the, the same voice you hear, the guy at the funeral, okay. he's that guy on the phone. Right. So the guy at the funeral was the guy who sent the postcards. Wow. He was a writer friend of David Cahane. There you go. So, yeah, that, that takes multiple watches to work that out, though. Did you catch that line, mate? It's a few good ones here. This is the line... When uh, when Griffin and was tussling with David Kahane. Keep it to yourself! Keep it to yourself! Keep it to yourself! I say that. Keep it to yourself! <laughs> Who are you saying it to? Oh, I'd say to Joe. Joking with Joe. It's, right. uh, it's quite funny. But didn't you think it was a weird thing to say while he's sort of keeping uh, to yourself? Yeah. He, he was, was worried about the rumour. It was, mate. Not the bloke's it, life. It was utterly intense Keep for, it to yourself. for no real no real reason, oh, to be crazy. honest. Here's another one where he has an idea of her, of the new Hollywood. I was just thinking what an interesting concept it is to eliminate the writer from the artistic process. If we can just get rid of these actors and directors, maybe we got something here. <laughs> Here's another cool line from Larry Levy where this is typical Hollywood and the lengths they go to to make the deals. Yeah, I'll get Lewis. And uh, when can you be back? I'll be there right after my AA meeting. Oh, Larry. <laughs> I didn't realise you uh, had a drinking problem. Well, I don't really, but that's where all the deals are being made these days. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that good? That's gold. That's typical Hollywood, isn't it? That's brilliant. Mm. All right. How did that happen? A couple of massive plot holes here, mate. Um, the murder that obviously David Kahane's murder yeah. happened would have happened what midnight that night midnight yeah, after it the looked movie, like a late right? screening yeah how the fuck is it in the newspaper the next morning <laughs> how the fuck I worked in newspapers and that can't happen yeah, okay. in the nineties that cannot happen okay. they would have had to uh, they would have had to uh, contact his family and that and, and it, it, they they couldn't, well they couldn't have named him they but, only wrote two but, paragraphs but, yeah, yeah true but the fact that it happened like. Eight hours before he gets to the office, it's already in the paper. No yeah. way in the world it would have made the paper. Yeah. Did you not notice that? I did not notice that. Yeah. And again, the uh, close-up of the article reveals the same para two paragraphs printed over and over again. <laughs> I picked that a mile away. Things you might not know, Trevor. Yeah. The screenwriter, Michael Tolkien, had a film company ring him 
to try to option habeas corpus. Oh, really? <laughs> they said they thought it was a real film. They said, "Oh, we wanted to, we want to make that movie." And he said, uh, "It's not real. It's not part of the movie." Yeah. What would happen if someone made that now? I don't know. It have a happy ending or not a happy ending? Well, I don't know. Just, Toss of the coin. It's a fascinating. Yeah. Dilemma because of yeah. concept versus script well, versus it, screenplay. Well, it'd be like that movie that was pitching the player. But yeah, I'm right. sure there's been movies like it. Uh, did you know the handwriting on the death threat letters and postcards received by Griffin were by the director Robert Altman's handwriting? Oh, really? Yes. He took great pleasure in writing the notes, they said. Uh, Julia Roberts. She uh, was among, so young in among, this. Yeah, well, it was in the early 90s. Yeah. In the... Uh, among other people in the, the the word is that no one took paid a fee. Really, it was like a pr- it was like prestigious to be in the movie. Yeah, like right. If you were a cameo in this, you're a, a big star. Wow. So they thought on the house, Julia Roberts did a cameo for free. Okay, freebie. Now, if the if the art if all those celebrities who did cameos were to charge their normal quote, yeah. The film would have been had a hundred million dollars in salary. <laughs> so I think they got a good deal there. Uh, did you notice whenever Griffin is in a bar, a restaurant, or a party yeah. that he he, he served a different bottle brand of oh, water, brand of and bottle never the water. one he asked for? Yeah, he he first orders a San Pellegrino, then he's uh, told that only Calistoga is available, then he orders the Vitell. The Ramlosa, the Volvic, Banning Springs, and other he's he served Evian or Perrier. Mm. Did you also Water notice? Snob. Yeah. Did you also notice that it, throughout the whole movie, Griffin Mill wears at least one item of black clothing, no. and June wears always white. one item of white in the in the so black and white. Huh. Did you notice that? No. I mentioned the dude at the funeral. Yeah. But apparently, it was a man named Phil was giving the eulogy. Uh, about how Hollywood led to the death of Kahane. If you listen to his voice, you'll notice it's the same writer who gives the pitch at the end, the same yeah, right. voice of the, the dude doing the uh, the pitch. In fact, Robert Altman, the Criterion Collection edition of this movie, he confirms that that dude is the guy responsible for blackmailing and threatening Griffin. The guy oh, he the, does. In right. the funeral. He, in the movie, you're not meant to know that, but in the, in the, um, the com- director's commentary, yeah, he yeah. says that's the dude who's been threatening him. Cool. Uh, did you also see when there's a little, like a real blooper, sort of uh, that when Griffin opens the door to kill the snake, the entire crew is reflected in the door? Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> you look closely, you see the cameraman, everyone, the sound guy, all there. Yeah, it's funny. Anyway, that's the movie, mate. Give us your wrap up and rating. So I found this one interesting because it's, I love it because it's realism. Yeah. Right? You know, it's real. I love that. Yes, I do. Um, yes, yes. I. I like the storyline. I, I I love that kind of behind the scenes, that inside baseball kind of look at yep. things. Um, yeah, man, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the movie. It's kind of, it's an eight and a half out of ten yeah, for me. Yeah, fair like it's a good movie. Oh, it's it's a solid nine for me. I I really love this movie. It's quotable. But, I, but it's mate, rewatchable. I yeah. can I can see how you would enjoy it way more yeah, than I'm me a movie because fan, of your yeah. passion for movies. Yes, yeah. I'm passionate for the behind the scenes, the management style, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Right. Whereas the movie intricacies are what get you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, so what you say? Eight and a half. That's eight and a solid, half. Solid. But, but my, my favorite thing is that that ending. The fact that yeah. it, it all it sort of tied up in a bow. Yeah, and yeah. it is itself. He gets away with it. Yeah. Well, and it is itself. It's a Hollywood ending. The movie. Well, he's always talking about happy endings, and yeah. he, he's a happy ending. Yeah. The movie is itself because yes, the true. pitch that he gets is the movie we watch. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. way I look at it is 
It was like you, a, you look at it; it's like a whole. It's a true story, and mm. the the end result is the movie yeah. that we all watch. It's a picture of a picture of a picture. Yes, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I love that. Excellent, mate. Well, let's talk about next week. We're oh. doing a sort of surprise for you next week. Oh, really? We're watching. Ready? <laughs> I don't know what. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The original. The original, not wow. the rubbish that Johnny. Yeah, the remake's okay. rubbish. The original, and what I'd like to all you to watch it with your kids if they haven't seen it already. They have definitely seen it, and watch we will it watch it with it together, your kids. Yeah. Yep. Starring Gene Wilder, released in 1971. Wow! Right, and I went to a party recently where it was the 70s and 80s I party, you dressed up and as I dressed Wonka. up as Willy Wonka. Now, and my Joe, question for you, she was a sexy Oompa <laughs> My question for you, mate, is what color is Willy Wonka's hat? Oh, the hat. Is it a black, b brown? C, white, or D, purple? I'm ruling out... I know the answer I'm, to this because I dressed up as this black. I'm ruling out black and white. Okay. It's either brown or purple. Ooh, okay. I think purple is a red herring because his, his vest is purple. I think it's brown. Boom. Right. Yeah. Good. Well worked out. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. very well worked out. I mean, yes, I've it is obviously brown. seen Willy Wonka. It is brown. And when we when I publish the story relating to this uh, on Tech Guide, I'm going to publish the photo of me and Joe as Willy Wonka and my sexy little Oompa Loompa. Just so you know, that won't happen on <laughs> EFTN. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of this movie. I really uh, – it is uh, – I know it's it's sort of aimed at – it's mainly, I think, a, a, a G movie, but there's a lot of great little a lot of little bits in it style. which are yeah, very yeah. fun. Dream Wilder's like, a genius. It's kind of like yeah. your Disney movies that have yes. so many underlying – Correct. Adults yeah. laugh at things that kids don't. Love this movie. Okay. And look forward to you, uh, us talking about it next week. But that was The Player. Glad you enjoyed that one. Really but did. join us next week for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Trev, see you later. See you, mate.